Iowa everywhere. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. It is Thursday, the 8th of June, and... My name is Chris Williams. I'm joined, as always, by Chris Hassel. We are presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery here live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I believe that's it. And the Channel Seed Studios. You can find the podcast on anywhere you find your podcast. You can go back and watch the show. That's what I would suggest doing on any of our platforms our guy Chase is always putting great clips up on TikTok, Crystal on Instagram. Shout out to our team. Um, I was just laughing, hassled the late last night. You were probably asleep. The Pete Thamel report on the Big 12's relationship with Mexico. Yeah, came out. well, we already kind of heard about what that they wanted to play some games in Mexico. Well, uh, we're getting more details, mm-hmm. and. Thamel's reporting that they're they're exploring a bowl game in Mexico, like starting their own bowl game. And I was just laughing that maybe it would be the Carlos O'Kelly's bowl. <laughs> Gary Dolphin Mexico. Gary Dolphin could be the like play by play guy for the game. Welcome to the Carlos O'Kelly's Mexican Cafe Bowl. <laughs> Here in Monterey. Monterey, Mexico. You just get Dolph just hanging out there, just eating chips and salsa during the game. There's, there's nothing more authentic Mexican than Carlos O'Kelly's, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that came out late last night. The, I, I'm, I'm way more on board with the bowl game there than I am taking regular season football games. Right. Bowl game... And, it's all about the destination. Fine, yeah. whatever. But yeah, regular whatever. season games, come on. They did say Kansas. Uh, the way I read this, Kansas and Houston are going to play a non-conference basketball game there. So it's going to be a... And like, I, I hate that. I, I think yeah. that's a terrible idea, taking but, it away from a great but non-conference, campus. though, is what I understand. So like, then they'll still play in, in the conference season. What? So I, oh, that's how I so it's read not it. Not going to count toward the conference standings. I don't think so, which is weird. And then, like a handful of like Big Twelve soccer teams are going to play like local Mexican soccer teams in exhibitions. Uh, good luck with that, Big Twelve man. It's going to be taken off south of the border. I mean these 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 Mexican cities. They're just going to be people just. 
walking around in Iowa State gear, <laughs> Central Florida gear, you know, they're at BYU gear. It's going to be uh, brilliance. See, and that's what you're not supposed to do as we lead into one of the weirdest days I've ever seen on Twitter. Don't just blindly go with whatever the people tell you to go with. And I, so I was not on Twitter for most of the day yesterday. I had a, I had a shitty day. I was just putting out fires left and right. And I'm sorry to hear that. Eh, whatever. Part of the deal. I'm getting, I'm not kidding, Chris. I picked up my phone at like two o'clock yesterday and I had like 69 text messages that were unread. Half of them were from you. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. I don't think I even texted you yesterday. Yeah, we're on the one group chat with somebody else who I didn't want. To. Oh, 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 yes, that group chat. Yeah. Well, yeah. you weren't responding to any of it. it well, it's because I didn't. I wasn't looking at it, so like, I, I wasn't trying to be rude. I I had no idea any of this was going on. And man, I logged on last night after my daughter's softball game, and what a cesspool yesterday was between this Iowa women's basketball thing. And then the Pac-12 media war that's going on. We got all these like media guys that are just like rebutting each other's reports and and being nasty to one another. And then you and then you had like Hawkeye media warfare last night going on. It was crazy. Like the everybody was juiced up yesterday. Everybody was reason. just mad. What in the hell happened yesterday? I don't know. Um, well, you started it with the LSU uh, stuff. Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah, it started in the morning with me because I got, I think it was getting out of the shower, getting ready to go to work. And Did you have a I, bad shower? No, good shower. Good good oh. soak. Good soak. And I see the, um, the breaking news that Iowa women's basketball has a Final Four opponent in the non-conference. And the, the first thing I think of is... LSU, but no, it's it's Virginia Tech, and look, it's great. I'm glad they're play, I'm glad they're playing Virginia Tech. I really am. I just I, I'm I'm waiting for LSU. I, I would I would love nothing more than for Iowa to play LSU in the non-conference. And look, look at the date, November 9th. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Day of the week is that? I don't know. Pull up the old calendar here, November 9th. It's right in the middle of football season. That is a, a Thursday. Thursday night. So good. Staying away from college football for the most part. Wouldn't that Still, be there the is NFL an NFL ki- game? That's the NFL kickoff date, isn't it? Not no no. September the ninth is or September is it? Oh yeah, I'm you sorry. You yeah. think we're just Duh. kicking off the NFL November. in November? I'm sorry. Brain fart. My bad. But in in I retweeted it and said, now schedule LSU. And I couldn't believe how many fans responded by saying no I no I want no part of LSU don't want to give them the the satisfaction don't want any part of the narrative in Angel Reese and don't want to see Kim Mulkey on my TV one person said it would be like it would be sacrificing Caitlin Clark to the wolves and that stunned me just how many responses I got from fans that did not want to see it. Not only didn't want to see it, but thought it was ridiculous that I would even say that. Now, I will say, that was my first inkling when I saw that matchup, is to say, okay, LSU now. It wasn't 
wow, great, Virginia Tech. Some people, that was their first reaction. Awesome, we're playing a Final Four team. Not me. It's it, That doesn't move the needle for me. I'm, I'm not shitting on Virginia Tech. I just, it's Virginia Tech. They, they don't have yeah. a women's basketball pedigree. Exactly. Um, and it's not LSU. No team is LSU. Most of these UConn people is couldn't not name LSU. a player on Virginia Tech's team. Iowa LSU would be the highest rated regular season game, I think, in women's college basketball history. It would transcend the sport. It would Agreed. get talk on ESPN. It would get talk on first take. We would do segments on it on CBS Sports HQ. We will not do that for Iowa Virginia Tech. It's not going to happen. Now, a lot of the fans on Twitter, anyway, Iowa fans push back saying they don't want that. They don't want it to be about the the narratives and all these talking heads, you know, getting into the weeds about it and then making it into potentially a race war. And I know a lot of Iowa fans were made to feel feel bad with their take at the end of the game between Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark because of the way things unfolded. But I just think this would be great for college basketball, women's college basketball. This would be the most anticipated matchup of the year, women's or men's. It would do a huge number. It would do a ton of good for women's basketball. And I think the Iowa brand. So there were a lot of people pushing back on that, and that really surprised me. So then I started tweeting about that and how that surprised me. But then later on in the day, we get into four, five, six o'clock, the second wave of people who may not have been there for the whole first wave. They're like, what the hell are you talking about, you dumbass son of a bitch? Of course we want to play LSU. Who the fuck do you think we are? We want to play LSU. You're saying we don't. I say, okay. All right, well, okay, so you do, apparently. Um, some others don't. I think it's, I don't know where the split is, but there was a second wave, I think, after Big Ten Network tweeted out a video about how much, how great it would be for Iowa and LSU to play. And then I which said, was well, on, which that had nothing to do with you, by the way. <laughs> well, I don't control the Big Ten Network. I was reading like Twitter some account. of the responses, though, and, and it, like, it was almost like they thought that you had like a coordinated attack with the Big Ten Network to put that out to defend yeah, your take. Right. Right. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't care what fans want or they can think and want whatever they want if if you really don't want to see that fine I just think it would be a big miss for Iowa women's basketball and women's college basketball in particular to not have this game as a as the marquee matchup in the regular season a rematch of the national championship game I think that would be a big miss and look I'm not saying LSU I have no idea if LSU wants to play Iowa maybe they don't either maybe neither side wants to play I'm just saying I want to see it happen. That's it. I saw that they're playing a Final Four team, and my first thought wasn't, great, awesome, it's going to be amazing. No, it's in the middle of football season. I'm not, I'm, I've never, I, I don't pretend to be somebody I'm, I'm not. I never grew up a women's basketball fan of Iowa. Never watched the women's games. I've kind of jumped on board the last couple of years because of Caitlin Clark and Gustafson and and some players, they've started to raise the level of the program. And so I've started to pay more attention. I've started to watch more women's college basketball because you get more stars to stay like Caitlin Clark, Mm -hmm. like Angel Reese, like Paige Beckers. They're not going to the WNBA. So I'm getting more interested, but I'm still not as interested as I am in college football. 
men's college basketball. So I'm just saying, for me, Virginia Tech doesn't do it for me. I want to see yeah. LSU. I come at it from a totally different perspective from you. I've watched women's college basketball for over 20 years. I'm mm-hmm. not an Iowa fan, but I'm, I've watched considerably more Iowa women's games than you have over the years. I'm one sure, of the things, yeah. One of the things that bothers me, and, I, and I'm a big you know, champion of this sport. I love this sport. One of the things that bothers me is when we start to get the takes where you are treating it just like you do the men's game or you're treating it just like you do the NFL or you're treating it. Ask boxing how not scheduling Mayweather Pacquiao earlier um, did did for them. Look at that sport, right? Like this is a sport where, well, one, it would be great to have like a real commissioner because they need to put their stars up against one another. I've talked to Caitlin multiple times. You can go back and listen to the podcast, watch the video about growing the game of women's basketball, how important that is to her. And this is a game that has to happen because of that, because of the things that you're saying. You cannot treat it like every other sport because it's not there yet. It is still on a Mm -hmm. climb, and it is climbing very quickly, and it's awesome to see those those records. Um, But to, to your point... I'll watch Iowa and Virginia Tech. I absolutely will. But um, I would guess that a good chunk of our listeners, maybe that's a DVR game. Maybe that's a, hey, after the NFL game that night, maybe I'll flip it, right? Mm-hmm. If it was Iowa, LSU, it's a totally different conversation. And, and I think that's what your point was. You weren't, like, all of a sudden I started reading people because you and I have talked about this. This is not a fresh take from you. We said this. <laughs> I got we somebody... Right after that LSU game in the Final Four, we, we I believe we said it in that show. They need to schedule that game right now. There schedule was somebody last night that was like, yeah, well, and the, and the biggest problem about this is, is that this is the first time that you've ever said anything about Iowa and LSU and how they should play. And, you know, it's, it's probably the sixth or seventh time that I've said it. These, these more niche sports need to give fans the most compelling matchups, especially early in the season like this. Mm-hmm. And you've got and Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. Um, I understand the the racial thing's really ugly. We've talked about this too. It's like I I hate how it became that. But look but, at Angel Reese. But, but it's a false narrative and correct. just ignore it. Correct. You, you can't just be scared. I no, I, I get that take from people. I understand like why, and especially from an Iowa side, because if you were anti-Angel Reese, you were painted as a racist after that game by many people. By some people, yeah. Yeah, by many, I would say. Like, I, I'm still, I, I think I told you this on the show the other day, I'm still getting comments mm-hmm. on my Facebook page about Angel Reese from that from the day of the Final Four. Like, it's crazy. I've never had a story in my 20 years of doing this, that has gotten more interaction than the Angel Reese-Caitlin Clark thing from the Final Four. And and that's including all the Iowa State stuff I've done over the years. It's insane. Um, I get, But to me, Chris, it's just that Angel Reese's profile has risen so much. She's now like one of these Instagram, TikTok rock stars that is showing up in rap videos. She's she's pop culture, as you said on Monday. And Caitlin is the most transcendent women's college basketball player I've ever seen. Now, I'm not saying she's the best yet. 
I think she's going to be. She's better she's than the Angel most, Reese. She's the most transcendent. Like, give us the matchup for crying out loud. Give us the matchup, and then you can send out your press releases about how many people are... Even if Iowa loses, who cares? You're going to have 2.5 million people tune in on a Thursday night up against the NFL if you play this game. Virginia Tech, you might have 500,000, and I doubt it. Well, if, if let's just say that game is played on a Saturday, a college football Saturday, I would... If I'm if I'm just a guy sitting at home and I've got all my TVs tuned to college football, I, I rarely ever watch any other sport but college football in the fall on a Saturday. It would have to be, you know, Cubs in, in the World Series, that sort of thing. Cubs in the playoffs back in the day. I would watch the entire Iowa LSU women's game and all the lead up, all the build up to it. Pre-game show. I would watch all that on a college football Saturday. I'm not doing that for any other matchup. I'm not doing that for South Carolina, for Virginia Tech, for UConn, for Indiana. I'm not doing it. Fairway Meat and Grocery presents two guys named Chris here in Iowa. We've got the new Fairway in uh, Bondurant. I didn't. I haven't been there. Yet. Uh, Matt Van Winkle has been sleeping in the aisles. <laughs> Look at the yeah, last fairway days. retweeted me. Hey, Look at this. Fairway. Matt, every single Isley's night, Matt's tweeting out like, "Hey, look, they got the fairway mascot here. Look at him. Look, oh, look at this meat look counter. At oh that my god, immaculate look at this. Look at that. meat counter. It was fully stocked. I mean, look at that thing. It does look hey. beautiful. If you're listening to the podcast, you have to check this out. Did they have? Uh, have you have you guys heard about this bush light peach? Did they have so, any yes. of that? Yes, that it, did have on, that. that. That has to be terrible, right? Everybody's saying it's phenomenal. I've heard good reviews. Everybody, I haven't heard of persons because the bush light apple is just too sugary and like it wasn't really my. I didn't really care That's for bad. it. I'm hearing this bush light peach is off the. I was going to. Are you stop a big by peach guy? Fairway. You a big peach fan? No, I'm not. I like. So why Princess would you peach. want bush light peach? Because I just I hear it's very refreshing. They had your exile there, Williams, your Tico time. Uh, yeah, I'm not drinking that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Giving it up. Did they have the swarm? Was the swarm there? It was not there. I checked. Not yet. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, the Tico, I'm, I'm done with Tico time. There's other. So you're boycotting. Williams officially well, boycotting. No, I'm just going to try some new things this summer. I'm not boycotting. Van Wink, have you boycotted exile? <laughs> I'm not I haven't boy- gone that far yet. I have not gone that far yet. No, I'm just so you're I'm drinking another beer. I won't I'm not drink boycott. the swarm beer, but I, hey, Van Wink, I saw last night you tweeted out some picture, and you, I think you were sitting on your deck. You're like, "This is the greatest night of my life." <laughs> yeah, and you were sitting on your deck. It was just a picture of uh, your beer in your hand, and it was a We Will Collective koozie. <laughs> is that a swarm underneath it? Is that an exile beer underneath the We Will Collective koozie? No, that is a Surly IPA. Ah, well, that's a good choice. Yeah. They make good stuff there, too. That's a pink can. The swarm wouldn't be pink. What is the latest on... Uh, I hear Bloom is just cold calling everybody <laughs> all around central Iowa, just begging them no, to, actually, to have I know, a We Will beer, and everyone just hangs up on him. That's I know what's on Twitter. I know what's happening, and this is going to end well for Iowa State fans. This is the I, I'm not going to give you guys too much. I'll let Bloom make the announcement because I don't mm-hmm. know all the details. Oh. But this is it's the opposite of the situation at Iowa where where the collective and the university um, 
Learfield types can't get on the same page. And Bloom has a much more hospitable relationship with the people in Ames than than Mr. Heinrichs does it with Gary Barta, apparently. So stay tuned. Something's coming. Interesting. So I'm trying to read into that. I'm trying to. It's good news. Good. Iowa State's going to be in a good spot here. Is it? Is it like we will collective Ames tap water? (laughs) That is genius. Five percent from everybody's utility bill goes to the collective. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Is is Pollard? Does Pollard talk to Bloom? Yeah, they talk. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have a they have a good relationship. Yeah, they really noticed that the 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 Iowa fan hatred for Bloom has like ratcheted up tenfold in the last few months. It's actually kind of starting to make me uncomfortable. Yeah, what is going on? I saw Miles Peterson had to step in the middle of this thing because it's it's mostly these loser anonymous accounts that just they're oh yeah nameless faceless. Those are the ones, man. That throw bombs and nobody knows who you are. Here's the deal: when you do what we do, people tell you you suck all the time, right? Sure. They've been telling me I suck for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. You just get used to it. But when it's different for me, when they start doing it to your friends, like right. I can handle it. But like I was reading the stuff yesterday about you and then some about Bloom and I was really actually like starting to get mad. Like I was, I was just starting to get really pissed off and I just, I really, really hate the nameless faceless and I'm kind of a hypocrite because I run a message board, right? So I, I know this, sure. but I also wish that we could kind of go back 20 years and kind of redo how the internet and like this social media message board thing was built on because it just is really, really, really toxic. And Bloom's a really good guy. These, yeah, he does. So he doesn't root for the same team you do. Like, I would never say a bad thing about Brad Heinrich. I don't know the guy. I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm sure I would love to sit down and have an exile beer with him. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't know. Just because he's on the opposite team, it's like the name calling and just the really like hateful stuff, it just really makes me uncomfortable. There you go. I said my piece. Well, that's because you're soft. <laughs> I got called soft. I just soft hate the name with stuff, man. You I hate got, it. See, I've got you up, up, thin skin, hassle. Look, I've, I got much worse than this 10 to 15 years ago when I was working in Iowa at. WHO. I mean, it was it was nonstop, and it was for, it was coming from both sides, Iowa State and Iowa. And honestly, at first, it was more Iowa State because they knew I was an Iowa fan. Iowa State fans hated me getting called. Look, then it went the other way. Then because I speak my mind, because I I don't pull punches. Just because I happen to be a fan of Iowa, I still criticize Iowa. And Gary Barta tried to get me fired. I mean, <laughs> it's been going on a long time. It's nothing new. And it's not going to change, William. Sorry. It's not changing. No, it's fine. Just yesterday, just everybody was on edge. Is it a full moon or something? Have you seen, have you been following the Pac-12 stuff? Well, no, I, I, I missed all that because my feed was totally... Uh, so, I've never seen anything up. like the Pac-12. Like, it's media on media war. Well, it's kind of like the 247 and Rivals deal over at Iowa right now, but it's on a on a national scale. So, let me... I'm going to quickly catch you up on, on all this Pac-12 stuff. Okay. Because okay? it's, it's, really, it's really wild. So, you know, this time of year, there's all these... 
conference meetings happening. Yesterday, everybody was in D.C. because Saban and all the SEC folks uh, went to Congress and did their deal, which I'm way behind on. I haven't had a chance to catch up on that. They marched on Washington yesterday? They did, yeah. Saban led the... the. Did you know that the Alabama, the elephant, it was marching on the Capitol? Um, so there's this guy out in... Um, Pac-12 country, I think he's in Oregon, John Canzano. I mean, really prior to all of this stuff, he, like a very credible reporter, longtime columnist. Like I I knew of John like 10 years ago, so it's not – he's not some hack like me, some fan site hack. Like he's like a legitimate guy. And he now has like a Substack. Goddamn dog. What's going on? Eating something in the background. Dirks, knock it off. <laughs> So this guy, he puts out this report that, and it's really, if you know anything about this stuff, you know how dumb this report is. He says that the Pac-12 people have made an agreement to sign a grant of rights. That mm-hmm. they that they're all on board to sign it, but there's no deal to sign. They don't have a television contract that has been handed to them. Well, you can't sign it like verbally. Um, you know, verbally committing to a grant of rights if there's no media deal means nothing. Like, that is like, yeah, I agree. I will leave my wife for Angelina Jolie if she wants to marry me. That's like some dude <laughs> saying that, right? Like, it, it it doesn't... Okay, well, Angelina Jolie's got to want to come and, you know, be your sugar mama if that's going to happen, right? Well, so then, like, this triggers all sorts of counter-reporting because then all these national guys start calling their sources and they're so then the Arizona president he went on fine bomb yesterday and he went on this like media tour his name is Robert Robbins he's been very outspoken this entire time I've just got a couple of quotes for you here uh, this is from Ross Dellinger I don't think there's anybody better in college football reporting now he's my go-to guy uh, wow he passed up Dodd Boy, you and Dodd and- were boys I love Dodd. No, Dodd's really good, but Dellinger's everywhere. Dodd's more of a regional guy now. It feels like yeah, he's. I'll have sticks. to let Dodd know. Why? Why does that? This is why people don't like you because you're always twisting the knife. <laughs> Arizona President. This is a tweet from Dellinger. Arizona President Robert Robbins meeting with the media in D.C. says he's unaware of any agreement among Pac-12 schools and grant of rights, and there won't be until we see a deal. We have not seen a deal. Ross asks him, would Arizona be interested in moving conferences? Robin's response, depends on what our financial deal is. Okay, then he goes on Feinbaum. And this guy's basically just blowing up this report from earlier in the day out west. And then it just turns into all of... So then you have like the hack Big 12 guys who are calling calling all the Pac-12 guys idiots and that they're just a bunch of shills. And then you have Dodd. Dodd gets in the game because he's always in the game. The Dodd father. Yeah. He's like counter-reporting these guys from the Pac-12. Brett McMurphy's been very into this. And it's just like like you read one report on this Pac-12 story and then 45 minutes later another credible guy comes in and says the exact opposite. So okay, so what tells, the hell's going on? Well, it tells me two things. One, nobody truly knows, right? Two, this is a bunch of posturing by these sides. So clearly the Big 12 is trying to control this narrative that they're in a really good spot here with these schools. 
and the Pac-12 is doing the same thing. I think a lot of what is happening here, I think it's very simple. I think everybody wants to have like, you know, I think everybody wants like some, some conspiracy theory. They don't have a deal. When they get an offer, if it's good enough, those teams will stay. If it's not, they will go. I, it is as simple as that. And now this UConn thing is in there, and I truly, like, so then McMurphy put out a tweet the other day. He, he wrote a story that the Big 12 basketball coaches prefer UConn in an addition. That doesn't mean shit. The, yeah, these like coaches, the basketball coaches have a yeah, say in this? These coaches have no say in that whatsoever. I truly think, Chris, it's posturing by the Big 12. I think they're dangling this UConn and Gonzaga carrot out there because they're trying to put pressure on these four Pac-12 schools to to jump now while there's still a chance. That's Do just you my think assessment. that UConn football would be involved in this move, or would it just be basketball? No, I think it would be all sports. Oh, God. But it wouldn't be – I mean, Gonzaga is just – it has to just be basketball, right? I don't think Gonzaga's coming. I, I really don't. Maybe – I do know that he – that your mark really wants to – so I know this for a fact. Your mark is – he understands that they will never be on the same playing field financially with the Big Ten and the SEC when it comes to – I don't know. You start adding up those pesos down in Mexico. <laughs> he knows this, Okay. His plan, if it can work, is he wants to divvy up. And nobody's ever done this before. He wants to split basketball apart into a second media rights contract. Mm. And he believes if he gets all these power programs that he can make more off of it and that basketball is undervalued. That's what your mark believes. I don't know if it'll work. I do think it is undervalued. I don't know if it's enough to really move the needle to – you know, make a lot of inroads with the Big Ten and the SEC. I I have my doubts, but that's what he's thinking. And if that actually happens, where they split the two deals up, then yes, Gonzaga would be a play. But that would be, I think, five or six years down the road when that next media contract's coming up. I know I'm doing a lot of inside baseball with this media stuff here, but th- does this make sense? Like, am I my am nipples I are hard? They are. Well, I'm just more for our audience. Is there anything I'm not answering? <laughs> Here's what I want to know. What's the time frame for Colorado, Arizona, those four corner schools? When do you think? I think we'll know something by July 1. Happen? Here's July why. 1. Okay. Here's why. So we're sitting at three and a half weeks or so. Here's why. So San Diego State is a key, is a key player here. Mm-hmm. Because if the Pac-12 is going to exist... It's going to expand, and that would include San Diego State and SMU. It's been what, what widely reported. There's a clause in San Diego State's Mountain West contract where if they don't let the Mountain West know of, a, of them leaving by June 30th, then they've got to pay like an extra $20 million or something like that in exit fees. Hmm. So if feasibly, if... If San Diego State is going to join the Pac-12, they would have to do it by June 30th. They're not going to join the Pac-12 unless there's a media rights deal. There can't be a media rights deal for an expanded Pac-12 without a confirmation from San Diego State, right? 
Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. So they about have to do it by June 30th. Okay. So I think in the next three weeks, we're going to get a lot of answers. Okay, I hope so. See, the, the, one of the reasons why I don't love this the, the realignment talk is because it's just a bunch of talk and not a lot of actual movement. Like the big stories, the big moves, they come out of nowhere. It's like, what? UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten? And we didn't talk about that at all. We had no, it wasn't wasn't on our radar. But then a lot of this other stuff is like, we're just sitting there thinking we are, you know, following the money. We are following the good reporting. And then it drags out and drags out and drags out and and nothing happens. And we know all, all along that everyone is trying to misdirect. Everyone is lying to everyone else. You can't trust anything any of these people say, whether it's a president, an athletic director, or a commissioner. No, they're all liars in the in the public. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to run the conversation. That's what they're trying to do. You're the only one we can trust in realignment talk. I'll tell you the truth. You're the one. I'll tell you what I know, but I but I always will put a I'll always preface it with this is realignment. Nobody truly knows. <laughs> I know for a fact that's what your Mark's plan is, though. Now, I also don't think these Pac-12 schools really want to go to the Big 12 because if they were really itching to do it, they would have done it by now. Yeah. I think it, it has to be – I've said this before, Chris. It has to be a pain in the ass to change conferences. Oh, God. Well, and then it, it, you're you're talking initial logistics, but – this is a lifetime of logistics where you are flying all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes my head hurt to think about what UCLA and USC are going to do in the Big Ten. It's sickening. And that's why, man, I I just think those four Pac-12 schools would be a perfect fit, like geographically. It feels like culturally. I, I really do... I think that would be a really good long-term play. I, I think that the one thing the Big 12 has going for us for it is if you look at it, there's really no like big dog in the room that is perceived to be better than everybody else, right? Like in the ACC right now, you have Clemson and mm-hmm. Florida State that are valued higher. In the Big 10, you obviously have that group of schools. In the SEC, you've got a good chunk in the Pac-12, you're going to have Washington and you're going to have Oregon. In the Big 12, it's all just a bunch of leftovers who nobody else wanted. They are on the same page. Who would you put at the top right now? Like total overall brand? Yeah. God. It's so well, tough. I, I do know Oklahoma State does well with TV, with football. They have in the past because they've been good for a long time mm-hmm. with Gundy. So I think like a TV product, like they would be up there. Um, TCU maybe, but they have a really small fan base. They're just rich. Sure, sure. Baylor, um, Baylor would be right there because they they're really good in both sports. But yeah, like I don't know, Chris. Like I, I, BYU. So I mean, niche. as far as as so far as niche. a TV property, BYU is a really good play because there's Mormons all over the world who are who are BYU fans. But that's yeah. again, like I think that's the strength of this league is sure. they all have to be on the same page because nobody else wants them. 
and they're better off sticking together. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Is, does my hair look bad? Everybody, yeah. A lot of like, comments in the chat. I think it looks great. About my hair. Jared Stansberry. Oh, he wants to know if I've washed my hair yet. So, it might look Stansberry's a little... Stansberry's watching? Yeah, Stansberry's oh, yeah, watching. Okay, I see it, yeah. So, I just got done working out, and I haven't... Uh, I just threw on a collared shirt. I was doing a, I was doing an abs workout. And so I, you know, I got a little Prove sweaty. It. Prove it. Did you really think I was going really to take it off? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a little greasy right now, but your hair looks okay. Looks okay. I mean, it's when not like. When is the last time you've dumb. washed your hair? Well, I rinse out my hair every single day. I just used my special. Super duper extra strength dandruff medicated prescription shampoo two days ago. She's doing that like once a week or I'm I'm doing I'm trying to go like every four or five days. I did get a little bit of a an itch in here did above say, my ear a couple days happened ago. Your hair, Matt. What'd you do? I got a haircut. Wow. Well, yeah. Look bad. Looks, looks good. Real uh, did you say you have a prescription shampoo? Oh yeah, baby. That's what the uh, that's what the dermatologist gave me. That's what old Derm gave him. Your yeah, he, he gave derm. me the the prescription extra strength shampoo, and so I use that every few days, and then I condition right after that. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Channel Seed. Of course, we're in the Channel Seed studios. Let's give a shout out to our friends in all of agriculture. Here's a fun food and yes. farming fact. God, I love this. We need like this is sound my favorite effects. part of the show. We need a sound effect to go with this. Did you know? This is courtesy of our friends at Channel Seed again. Seventy about seventy percent of the Earth's surface is covered with water. Most of that is the ocean. Okay, but I, I knew that. Only a small portion of fresh water, that's rivers, lakes, and streams. We depend on rain to feed these bodies of water and nourish our lawns and crops. Iowa farmers, here we go, have cut water usage over the years. So here are some simple things that the rest of us can do. Hey, Hassel, when you brush your teeth, do you let the water run while you're scrubbing, or do you turn it off? I have uh, made an adjustment 
uh, in the last year. Turn that water I've, off. I've, I've changed the way I brush my teeth. I brush them longer. So now I do not have the water run. But throughout my entire life, I let that water run as I was brushing my teeth. Yeah, not anymore. You're killing us here. We don't have a lot of fresh water. We it's all we got to save that fresh water. We're trying to help our farmers. We're trying to help us live, courtesy of our friends at Channel Seed. Uh, our friends at Channel Seed recommend shortening your shower time by a minute or two. You will save up to 150 gallons of water per month. Imagine if you we all what? did I, that. I've been able to do that because I don't have to shampoo my hair anymore. <laughs> so when I when I go in there and I. All I have to do is is put soap on the rest of my body. I'm out of that shower in three and a half minutes. If I have to shampoo, the prescription strength shampoo, it's got to sit in there for three or four minutes. And then the conditioner has to sit in there for three or four minutes. So that's a lot of extra water I'm using when I have to shampoo. Do you have a high or low flow shower head? It's, uh, it's like a shower exactly what it sounds like a shower it's a nice love rain shower seinfeld coming down they, on my head they huh? meet those guys the, that episode of seinfeld where they meet the guys in the back alley we, yeah we've talked about this like five times <laughs> I just love it shows so recently <laughs> <laughs> it's just so great uh shout out to our friends at hinterland iowa august 4th through the 6th bon iver bon iver Bon Leading the headline. Uh, I'm just kidding. I know the I know the pronunciation. Uh, I need to check out this Maggie Rogers too. I've been doing a little. Uh, been doing these reads for our friends at Hinterland Iowa. She you seems guys like were a really trashing big me for going to see her in concert. She's fantastic. What yeah, you she went sing? all the way up to Minneapolis to see her. Yeah, I did. What's her big song? Uh, light on was one of her big hits. I got the light on for you. If you leave the light on, I'll leave the light on for you. Music hey, you and camping of- passes are on sale right now at hinterlandiowa.com. Don't miss your chance to see Zach Bryan, who's selling out arenas all over the country. And you apparently Orville Peck. Orville Peck? Is that oh, it's Orville? No, I think it's Orville Peck. He's headlining, or he's a, the, I think he's the second kind of headliner on Saturday's festival day. So he'll be before your Zach Bryan. Real quick, before we get to the breaking NFL news, or before we get to the Big Ten scheduling uh, that's coming up later today, Maddie, you sent us a deal. We've got breaking news in the NFL. What do we got? No, that's uh, not breaking news. Come on. Dalvin Cook released? That's not a big deal. We knew that was coming. We knew the Vikings were getting rid of Dalvin Cook. We had a pretty they tried good trading him. Nobody yeah. wanted him. Running backs are so overrated. You, 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 I agree. I don't Minnesota have much of a reaction. Exactly what you should do with a running back. I don't want to pay that guy that much. Get what so. you can out of him. Get rid of him. I asked Paul Rhodes this question. In a press conference, man, how many years ago would it have been? At least 10. And I asked Paul, when are these like really good athletes going to start saying, absolutely not, I'm not playing running back anymore? Like, I, Right? Like, Because mm-hmm. it used to be when we were kids, like all the studs played right. running back. 
and I'm sure it's changing to some degree, but if I'm like an elite level high school kid, like I'm not playing running back. And not only are you not playing as long at the professional level, you're not getting nearly the amount of money. I mean, you are it's you, rare you're for on a that first rookie round draft contract. Yeah. And then you might get if you're really good, like somebody's going to give Dalvin Cook a one or two year deal. And then that might be it for him. I mean, remember Todd Gurley? Just poof, gone. Yeah, and Cook's, like, over the last five years, been one of the best running backs in the NFL. Sure. But the, the, the window is just so tight for these guys. Hey, uh, Ken A. Nwongu, that's a, or Wongwu, I guess. We mispronounced his Wong-woo. name. Wongwu. Good opportunity for him. My dad's pissed him. today, Williams. My dad's pissed. He says that uh, we have more commercials than a Fox football broadcast. I think he means broadcast, but he's the worst. How the hell do you think your son is paying for that pool you're going to bake in, Don? Is is uh, is Hinterlands helping pay for that pool? So Maggie, in effect, Maggie Rogers is helping pay for my pool. Um, Big Ten today is going to come out with its new scheduling. Uh, They're calling it the Flex Protect. Concept. I am reading this directly from Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. Okay, I want to mm-hmm. give Nicole credit. Uh, I thought she summed it up well. The Flex Protect concept is a flexible... Flex right. Protect? That sounds like a condom. The Flex Protect concept... Go up and p- pick up some of those Flex and Protects before you come over. <laughs> Magnums. <laughs> yeah, make sure they're ribbed. The Flex Protect concept is a flexible rivalry schedule model that will allow schools to play up to three protected annual opponents while cycling through the rest of the league's schools over multiple years. The new model will begin when the Big Ten grows to 16 members in 2024, officially ending its divisional era. Well, the golden era of Iowa football is all but dead. There's no more Big Ten West to play in. Good. <laughs> I, I, I don't... I don't like it. I, I, I've always been a fan that wants to see the best opponents. If that means you win fewer games, so be it. I want to see Iowa play Ohio State every year. I know that's not going to happen now. I know that hasn't happened for a long time. I'm tired of these. Look at the home schedule this year. It's, it sucks. It's because the Big Ten West, for the most part, sucks. It's Wisconsin and then... Minnesota, Nebraska. I mean, get out of here with that. I want to see more games. I want to see the protected games. I want to see protect Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Protect Nebraska. Nebraska. Minnesota, I guess, because the yeah. Floyd of Rosedale. It was a rivalry a long time ago. I, I've like never those seen it as like a top rivalry because at Minnesota just hasn't been very good. But I'm tired of having to play Northwestern and Illinois Every single year, Purdue. Let's, let's get some. Let's get, get some new teams in here. It is interesting the uh, the flex thing when it comes to the Ohio States and Michigans and all that. Bama's been chirping about this because the SEC is going to do something similar, and <laughs> Bama was going to have to play like LSU, Georgia, and Auburn, where. Mm. Like South Carolina is going to get like Vanderbilt, you know, like right. it, it is interesting. Like 
because it it does have because an Alabama isn't going to have it. a rivalry with a shitty football program. Yeah, if it's a rivalry like, with Alabama. That means you must be pretty damn good. Yeah, or Tennessee, or yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they divvy all of these things out. And again, the, the, the like huge who's problem, Indiana's rival these, other than Purdue? Like the, you yeah, know, like, these conferences are just. We've said it too many times. It's it's getting old, but the conferences are they got too big long ago. Now it's comical how big they're becoming. And well, trying to fit eight game schedule, SEC is going to do an eight game schedule with how many teams? Sixteen. Yeah, it just means more over there. So we're going to play fewer oh. games than everybody else. And they might but only do that for a year 12. and then go to nine. But um, it's just it's too it's too bad. I I hated it in two thousand two. When Iowa goes undefeated in the Big Ten, but yet they didn't get to play Ohio State. And there wasn't a Big Ten championship game. So they had to share the title with Ohio. All I wanted to see was Iowa against Ohio State. Never got it. Did you see Iowa State's protected game in basketball coming up? Is it BYU? Yeah. Yeah, BYU. I don't mind that, though. There's some history there. There's the, yeah. who was the, who's the guy that was, it was, he was flipping off the... Uh, Melvin Edgem. Yeah, Edgem. Actually, I'm Big 12 Player of the Year. Chapter in my book about that right now. Flipping off the Mormons. DeAndre King gouged that guy's eye out. That was a fun game to watch. That was one of my favorite Iowa State wins hey, of listen, all time. Much better to have a protected rivalry with BYU than if they they threw like UCF at you. Yeah, I just I wish it was one of the Big Eight teams that you actually have a history. Well, with. sure, but, yeah. But don't you think they'll always play Kansas? They better. I mean, you know. Especially if Colorado comes, that's why I really want Colorado to come back because there's actually history there with these mm-hmm. schools. They actually, you know, Colorado, I believe, was in the Big Six. I think they were one of the first in that league back in the day. So I, I really, I really want them to come back. That comes out at three thirty today. The I, the Big Ten scheduling announcement. So keep an eye. So on yeah, that. a lot of people listening on the podcast will sound like idiots because it will have already happened. Always Shout out to, to our friends that, at Circus Sports Iowa as well. Download the Circus Sports Iowa app today. We're going to talk golf right now, and this is where you can really get an edge on your opponents. I had Jeffrey Benson, uh, one of the top dogs out there at Circa, talk about how and why their golf odds are so much better for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, you can go back and find that. But this live PGA golf tour merger. Chris, I'm, you're, you're going to have a lot more on this than me because you do this on HQ. Um, one of my favorite golf reporters works for CBS, Kyle Porter. I know that you guys are friends and, and work together. He's been doing some great coverage on this today. This seems a little bit messier than it did. I, I think when this came out, it seemed kind of clear cut and like that we knew what was exactly was going to happen. Greg Norman is just, um, boy, I mean, what a villain this guy has become. <laughs> just in general, Greg Norman's just always upset. <laughs> Um, but there's some like quotes that came out this morning about Greg Norman. About, like It doesn't really seem like this rivalry is necessarily over. Uh, here's a quote from Rory McIlroy yesterday. I still hate Liv. Like, I hate Liv. I hope it goes away, and I would totally expect that it does. I think that's where the distinction is here. This is the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour and the PIF. Very different from Liv. Greg Norman's out there saying, no, Liv's not going anywhere. We're going to keep going on with business as usual. 
this is a mess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of two days after now, so we've we've had time to process it. In the initial shock. I mean, the the, the shock. This was out of nowhere. This is like the USC UCLA move to the Big Ten, and then I think and then some because of the rivalry and the way Rory McIlroy and and Commissioner Monahan. Uh, talked about live. We were like, bringing in families of 9/11 victims, right? Like, this and is, that's where yeah. I just yeah. I don't I don't see how Monahan can survive because of that. You start bringing 9/11 into this and shaming these guys, turning them into outcasts, villains, and then you turn around and do the same thing in the middle of the night without telling anybody about it. Monahan has to go. You can't tour players can't trust him anymore. This is the same thing that the Kevin you cannot trust these guys. Never. It's all about the money. It's it, always was, about the money. This was never some moral high ground that the PGA Tour and that's, was you, on. I'm t- I'm so like sick they of People trying to use the moral high ground when it comes to business and sports. I saw some of it yesterday with Iowa LSU and some Iowa fans taking a moral high ground against LSU saying, oh, well, Caitlin Clark is a better person than Angel Reese could ever be. Like, how how do you know? Caitlin Clark's (laughs) great. Maybe Angel Reese is a great person, too. I don't know. Who knows? Don't don't take a moral. We, we don't. I don't want to play them. I don't give them the satisfaction because we're we're better people, and we are better than that. Doesn't matter I, what happens I, on a basketball court. I agree with you completely about Monahan. I also think that there's an aspect of some of these players who stuck with the PGA. I do believe they were they thought they were doing the right thing. I I, I believe that some oh, of yeah. them individually, like Rory, like I yes. I actually respect Rory more through all this because he's sticking with it. He's not he's not being one of those sheep that we've we've talked about, like who's just going along with it and being like, Oh yeah, I was, no, he, But I he do says, think I was disappointed that Rory says that Jay Monahan can work through this and he can still yes. be the commissioner and they can still agree. trust him. I think Rory should have stepped up and said, Hey, I was had here. Uh, he says, I, I, was, I was trying to do the right thing. We need a new commissioner. We cannot trust this man anymore. He says, quote, it's hard for me to not sit up here and feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb, mm-hmm. feeling like I've put myself out there and this is what happens. That's a quote from Rory McIlroy. Again, I, I do think some of these guys thought that uh, they were trying to morally do what they believed in, and they completely got, as you would say, because it should, it just shouldn't be about morals. Well, I think in some cases it was, and they got, they got hoodwinked. Well, make no mistake, they are going to do whatever they can, Monahan, PGA Tour, what's left of it, to make it right as as right as they can with Rory. But what about some of these other players that might have had a chance to go to live and wanted to do the right thing, quote yeah, unquote, like, right thing, and stay and didn't, you know, don't have the platform of Rory and didn't, you know, speak out about it. I mean, how how are they feeling today? I what's and, and I don't know what this is going to look like. Nobody does. Uh, I was talking with Michael Breed yesterday, who uh, has a, a radio show on the uh, golf radio and 
He's been covering the PGA Tour for a long time. One of the most respected coaches out there, golf coaches. And, I mean, he just seems defeated, deflated. I mean, he, he was very outspoken against Liv. And, and he thinks that basically the PGA Tour was forced into this. Liv and that Saudi money specifically won. And they have so much money that there was nothing the PGA Tour could do that they were, if they didn't make this merger, they were going to risk completely falling apart and becoming a minor league golf tour. Well, what's fascinating, if you look back now in hindsight, with the money that Liv was throwing at these guys, like these deals that we've seen, mm-hmm. they were losing money like crazy. Like this was never like a short-term business play by the Saudis. And, no, they just wanted the, to be in the game. They just wanted to be a part of it. And, and it didn't but I matter think how much that, money they spent. Looking back though, like knowing how much they have compared to the PGA, I think that they knew the whole time that this would be the result because they were never going to run out of money. Where like it's like when you're sitting there at Circa and you're at a poker game against some guy who just has unlimited money and zero fear and then you're sitting there and you're like oh well this is going to be my next month mortgage on the line Mm -hmm. right like it's just a different type of of feeling and like they could have gone on for 10 years doing this and just pay like eventually they were going to win out nobody saw it happening this quickly it's wild this is going to be a hell of a book a hell of a movie something like that (laughs) And it's it's going to be a full swing on Netflix. The documentary. They said their cameras were rolling when this news broke of the merger. So that's going to be something to watch when it comes out in several months. But I I, I hope that this means we're going to get more tournaments that have the best players in the world together. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I because I think Liv still wants to have its events. Is Rory McIlroy going to agree to play in a live event? No way. It's not going to happen. Is is Phil Mickelson going to go play the Travelers Championship on the PGA Tour? I don't. I don't think so. I. I think that it's still going to be kind of separate. I think it might all be under one umbrella. It might all have one sponsor. But are we really going to get week in and week out the top players in the world? Other than majors, I. I, I don't. I don't see it. Which, yeah, it's just a totally different feeling than what it was two days ago when this happened because that's what we all thought. And, and yeah, the more we learn, it just, it, yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there. All right, that's it for today's show. Good stuff today. We had a lot of topics to get through. Uh, really quickly, go and listen to Sage Rosenfels. Um, Aiden produced a podcast for the Sage Rosenfels experience. He had Zach Johnson on this week here on Iowa Everywhere. Really good stuff. I, I'm halfway through that one. It's... You can tell those two guys have known each other a long time. It's good camaraderie. Zach's awesome, and it really opens up. So while we're on the topic of golf, go and check that out for this week. Appreciate you all watching, listening, wherever you're at, supporting us here at Iowa Everywhere. For Chris Hassel, Matt Van Winkle, my name's Chris Williams. Signing off here on your Thursday show. We'll be back on Monday. Iowa everywhere.